I think some weekends it's hard to piece together exactly what the church wants us to focus on in in the given readings, but this weekend it's overwhelmingly uh, simple. The overarching principle that we are to take away from today is faith. Faith is often, I think, a misunderstood word. We're given examples of faith throughout the readings. Abraham and Paul, and we're given Moses and Elijah in the Transfiguration, but Abraham, whenever we see Abraham, hear about Abraham, we should immediately think about faith. He's even called our father in the faith. And why is that? Because he did incredibly crazy things. Incredibly crazy things. I mean, you and I are asked to do simple things by God, and we fail at that. Abraham is asked to do these bizarre and ridiculous things, and he does them. He was called, I don't know if you know this, he was called at the very young age of 75 to get up and leave his home and go to a land that he knows nothing about. God says, leave the the land of the Chaldeans and go to Canaan. It's the the land I'm promising to give to you. I always try to, whenever I read through these stories, I try to put myself in, in the person's shoes. It's called imaginative prayer. I encourage you to do it too. You read the story and then you just play it out in your head, in your imagination. And as I'm going through this, I'm sitting there and my question is, God's like, get up, leave this, your homeland and go to this land you've never heard. I'm just like, why? Why do you want me to do that? I'm perfectly fine right here. I'm comfortable. I have, I'm providing for my family. And God says, get up and go. I don't have a map. I don't have a plan. I don't have a job. Go. But there's always that but, right? In everything that we do as as Christians. But, God, but. And this tells us, this, this, this way that God interacts with Abraham tells us something very important about faith. If I were to ask you what faith is, I think a lot of people would say it's, it's belief in things. Right? So if I believe in God, I'm a man of faith. Right? Wrong. That doesn't mean, what, that's not what it means to be a man or a woman of faith. I think a lot of people believe that if I believe in God, I'm a man or a woman of faith. Faith, in the deeper understanding, is given to us in the readings. It's a way of being. It's a way of living. It's total surrender and trust in Almighty God. So when you say I'm a man of faith, woman of faith, you better live differently than how people in the world live. That's the whole point of faith. It means to be led by God. To not live by your own ways. Not knowing where you're going, what you're doing, but just trusting step after step after step. And some people might sit back and say, Father, this is a really foolish way to live. I mean, you should be more calculated. Use your, use your brain. Even I think my staff would say that to me. But when we set out and let God take the lead, like Abraham does, no map, no clear idea of what he's doing, where, where we're going... We go with the trust, the assurance that he is going to provide. And that's not foolish. That's faith. We have a God, I don't know if you know this, but we have a God of adventure. He loves to summon us to something we know nothing about, something that we can't possibly accomplish, and then he's going to do amazing things in and through us. 
But so few of us ever go on this adventure. Because we're afraid. We're afraid to venture out into the unknown. You ever, in the Lord of the Rings, <clears throat> have, you, have you guys seen that? No. You just broke my heart this morning. <laughs> if you haven't seen it, watch it. You should read the books. But if you can't bring yourself to read the books, they're super thick. Just watch the movies because there is so much chucked into those movies. And most movies that are coming out right now are terrible. So watch something that's good. Anyway, that's my rant for this morning. In that movie, <clears throat> there are these little creatures called hobbits. And they become the heroes of the story. But hobbits are incredibly lazy. They like what they, they, the place they live is called the Shire. And they love to stay in the Shire. And they love to eat. And they love to drink. And they have, you know, they, they, they drink their ales, they smoke their tobacco. And they have, you know, first breakfast, second breakfast, first lunch, third lunch, fourth lunch, supper. They're eating all day. I mean, these are my kind of people. But they never really do anything great. They just kind of get by. And it isn't until Frodo and Samwise and Mary and Pepin, they leave the Shire. That's when the real journey begins. But out there, it's scary. It's scary. And you don't know what's going to happen. And we don't like to venture out there. We like our comforts. But here's the thing, you guys, you weren't made for comfort. There is no ninth beatitude that says, blessed are the comfortable. That doesn't exist. We can't imagine living without control. And so, because of that, we just hunker down. And we live more or less boring lives like every other American. In the book Prince Caspian in the Chronicles of Narnia, at the end of the book, Aslan, who symbolizes Jesus, right? he comes forward to Prince Caspian and he says to him, Welcome, Prince. Do you feel yourself sufficient to be the king of Narnia? And Prince Caspian says, I don't think so, sir. I am only a kid. How could I possibly rule this kingdom? And Aslan says this, good. If you thought you were sufficient, it would have been proof that you were not. God loves to bring us to our place of weakness and then do amazing things through us. And why does he do this? I prayed about this all week. I only came up with two answers. The two answers are this. Number one, because when he does something great, and he does it through us, who couldn't possibly accomplish it, we know for sure that it's God who did it, not us. And all glory goes to him. And second, you might laugh at this, but second, it makes great stories. It makes great stories. The greatest stories are always when you're like, they're never going to make it. It's all, it's all going to be over and it works out. And you can't believe it. The two stories that I just mentioned, the Chronicles of Narnia and, and, and Lord of the Rings, it's all over those stories. Look at the Iliad, the Odyssey. Look at the Bible stories. It's everywhere, everywhere. Modernize it a little bit. Gladiator. You've seen that, right? Yeah? If you haven't, you're a terrible person. <clears throat> Watch it this week. In there, Maximus doesn't know how he's going to avenge, right? He doesn't know how he's going to avenge his, his murdered wife and murdered son. But he sets out 
And all of a sudden you're like, no, he's never going to make it. He's going to die. There are insurmountable odds. And boom, he cuts somebody's head off. And everybody's like, yeah. And even, I won't give it away, but even when he gets to the very end, you're like, there's no way he could possibly do it. And I won't tell you if he does. <laughs> the greatest stories are when the person comes to a breaking point and they either give up, which nobody wants, or they press forward and make the impossible possible. Right now, you guys, we as a country, we could just very easily give up. Every morning, I have a little news feed, this Catholic news feed. It's called The Loop. You should get into it. It's great. Put my name down. I get free stuff if a whole bunch of people sign up for it. <clears throat> the Loop. Don't forget about that. It's very religious-based. And I read through it, and I read all these different things about the, the Equality Act, about transgenderism, about the LBG, LBGTQ society, their culture, the cultural norms. It'd be very easy for us to just give up. War has been declared upon the Catholic Church, and it's by one of our own. That's what's so amazing to me. It comes from our own family. A Catholic. How? You want to know how? Because we've tolerated too much for too long. Way too long. All I hear in the midst of that is, God, why aren't you doing anything? Oh, oh, this is God's fault. This is God's fault. Don't kid yourself. This is our fault. We caused this. We let this country slowly slip away into the hands of crazy people. I received a quote this week from a friend of mine. I just want to read it to you. I was amazed by it. The quote said this. The best way to take control of a people is to take a little of their freedom at a time. To erode rights by thousands of tiny and almost imperceptible reductions. In this way, the people will not see those rights and freedoms being removed until past the point at which these changes cannot be reversed. You know who said that? Adolf Hitler. I think God is looking at us and saying, why aren't you doing anything? Why aren't you letting your voices be heard? And you know why we're not letting our voices be heard? Because we're afraid. We're afraid that if we speak up, that we might offend. That we might offend people's feelings. Well, you know what? My feelings are offended. <laughs> when you say that a marriage is not between one man and one woman, my feelings are hurt. But I know, oh, forget you, you don't get any say in this. Don't you forget, John the Baptist didn't go to jail because he believed in Jesus. John the Baptist went to jail because he called Herod out on his marriage. He wasn't afraid. And we shouldn't be afraid either. If we stand up for God's law, we will be given the strength and he will provide. And he gives us examples. Look at Moses. I just, you guys, Moses is one of the greatest, besides Abraham, the next greatest character of faith in the entire Bible, maybe. He does what we need to do. Again, when does God call Moses? At the tender age of 80. 80 years old, he calls him and tells him, Moses, go to Pharaoh. And you've got to think, again, use your mind, 
put yourself in Moses' shoes. I'd be like, yeah, God. So he doesn't, I, he wants me dead. You know that, right? And God's like, yeah, I understand that. So I want you to go to him and I want you to tell him, Pharaoh, all of your slaves, your 600,000 working class men who are building your kingdom, let them go. Now Moses, again, I, I try to see myself as Moses. I'm like, yeah, so... Um, I don't think that's going to work. And God says, go. And Moses goes. That's what's incredible. He goes and he stands before one of the most powerful men in the entire world. And he says, Pharaoh. And Pharaoh says, yeah. And he says, so I talked to God. And um, so God said that, you know, that all of your slaves that are building your kingdom. Yeah, you're supposed to let them go. Pharaoh looks at him and says, no. And you got to think Moses is like, I knew that was going to happen. <laughs> Duh. You know, I, I tried to tell God. So he goes back and tells God, yes. So, so Pharaoh said, no. And God says, yeah, I knew that was going to happen. And so Moses has got to be like, so why'd you send me? <laughs> what was the purpose? You know why he sent him? Because God wants to accomplish great things through us. That's why he became man. is to do great things through us. And he does. And then he has this great line. He says, now, Moses, you will see the power of my hand outstretched. And when I'm done with Pharaoh, he will beg you to leave this land. Can you imagine staying on the shores of the Nile with a staff in your hand and having the faith to believe that when you struck those waters, they were going to turn to blood? Or when you're standing in... Even worse, when you have chariots bearing down on you from this side, you have the, the sea, the Red Seas to this side... And the people are like, ah! And Moses is like, ah! And God says, it's okay. Stretch your hands out. Split the sea. Right. Okay, I'm going to get right on that, God. But he doesn't. If we want great miracles to happen, we have to have great faith. So we can do great things. My friends, faith is not just believing in God. It's doing the impossible because with God all things are possible. And believing that. Do you believe that he'll provide for you? Do you believe that no matter what happens in your life you should go stronger? And you might say, Father, you don't know. You've never suffered what I suffered. That's right, I haven't. But I have suffered and I know pain. And when I've gone through it in faith, I've gone stronger. And if we really stand for God and live in faith... Out of it will come the greatest stories of the church. I am convinced stories greater than old. Stories greater than Moses. Cardinal Newman once said, Lord, give me enough light just for the next step. To be in relationship with our God is in relationship with the God of adventure. It's to be led. It's not to be in control. And that's okay because he is and he's good. We must pray with the apostles, Lord, increase our faith. Or with the father of the possessed boy in the gospel, Lord, I want to believe, help my unbelief. Don't hang on and cling to control, but have trust and be willing to be led into the unknown, into the great adventure, and to believe that with God, all things are possible.